11th episode of the Promo Guy podcast, now brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Mojo, the stock market for sports. Today is Thursday, July 6th, but you'll be listening to this Friday at the earliest. I am once again joined by Nick from Blue Duck Media. Nick, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Welcome to the new world of Thread, not Twitter. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm great. I had a fun time at the Yankees game last night. Shout out to Mojo for putting that uh, event together. It was nice to meet some people, like for really for the first time, that are in Discord or follow me on Twitter. Uh, so that was really cool. And yes, as you mentioned, uh, Twitter is kind of going to shit. So potentially a new competitor has arisen in Threads, and I am very interested in what's going to happen in that whole world over the next few weeks, months, maybe years. Well. Well, hold on. We got two important topics here. First of all, let's talk Yankees game. Uh, you uh, you go to the Yankees game. First of all, did they get a win. They did not. They lost six three to Baltimore. Did you you stay the whole time? I stayed until it was four three in the ninth, and the Orioles made it six three. You for that, and then I left. Oh, so you stayed pretty much the whole game. I left. No, I I, I watched that. I watched that, and then I left. I didn't see the last three hours. Oh, good for you. You stayed pretty much the whole game. I, I have not made it a full yeah, baseball game. Yeah, it was a good game. time. It was nice socializing with people. So socializing with people, does that mean you're going around – did TPG's real name come out? Or are you – how's this oh, go God, down? No. It was it was pretty – I don't know if embarrassed or embarrassing or brutal is the right word. But, you know, like someone's wife came up to me last night, and, and they were both very nice. And she goes, hi, I'm – I apologize for her name. And I'm sitting there like, hi, I'm uh, the promo <laughs> guy. <laughs> like, I don't even know if you know what that is or anything like that. I just felt so dumb, but, you know, I tried to stay anonymous. Did she think you were messing with her? She just kind of looked at me like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, sorry. I mean, I, I, I could barely get it out because it wasn't the first time it had happened in that night. And... It was just like obviously something I was a bit embarrassed by because I feel kind of silly doing it. I was at an event where I'm comfortable, but you know, in the past I've sort of let details like slip, and then I I'm hearing about them in my replies or DMs or somebody told me that like it was a whole thing on Reddit, like I don't, you know whatever. Like I'm just I prefer to be anonymous, and I can't just go around like saying my name. I actually ter- said no to like. Oh, someone's like, oh, let's take a selfie or something. Like I said, no, like I felt bad doing all that stuff. But otherwise, I, I, I had a good time. Uh, just sort of a weird kink that I have to kind of work out of going to events and not being able to say my real name. Maybe I should just tell people like a fake name. That might be more natural, especially to like. I mean, I do think others. TBG is a fake name, so you pretty much are. Yeah, someone's going to say, oh, your name is, well, I mean, like, I should just run around being like, hi, I'm Brian. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brian, Uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, Do we want, let's, let's talk threads real quick. It's going to be pretty interesting for you since so much of your business is on Twitter. 
Are you excited to start moving to threads? Are you going to be posting the same things in both places? How are you planning on handling the new platform? I don't have a, you know, fully drawn out plan or anything like that. Uh, I, I would say that on Twitter, right, it's how I've always done it for the last couple of years. And I prefer to just stay there. I've never had an Instagram or TikTok. I don't even like personally have a TikTok or go on Instagram much. But it can't work out where I'm unable to look through my replies and or scroll through and, and then I hit my, my rate limit. And then all of a sudden, I can't go back into my own profile and quote tweet like no sweat play with a free bet. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff isn't really sustainable. And even if I got verified or ever paid the, the $8, uh, there's, still, there's still an issue for my followers where they can only see the notification and they can't do the rest of it. So obviously right now I am posting, I'm dual posting on my Discord just so that everyone can see everything if they're there. And if you have notifications from my Twitter, like as long as you see the tweet notification and then it doesn't go away, you can sort of make it work there if you do hit the rate limit. But yes, I, I am going to be creating a Threads account. We'll see if that works, if people move. I, I kind of want to see how this whole thing plays out. So I don't have a fully drawn out plan, but for now I'm just dual posting. Yeah, I've never been a big uh, poster on Twitter but I'm, I'm enjoying threads. I think it's just, it's amusing that there's a new space. People have been like pretty funny. Oh, are you on it already? I am on threads already. It, my phone, since oh, wow. when you sign up, it prompts you to follow everyone that you follow on Instagram. So I got a terrible night's sleep last night because anytime someone signs up for it, they automatically follow you. So my phone was vibrating all night long and I didn't, oh, you would get a notification? You're going to, the second you sign up, welcome to like 600 notifications over the next two days. Well, that's the thing though. So I, I created a, a promo guy Instagram account and then I'm going to figure out how to make that into threads. I imagine that's not hard, but I didn't follow any of the people that my personal account follows, right? That, that wouldn't make any sense mm -hmm. since it's a gambling account. It's not my personal account. So I follow zero people right now. All right. I'm happy to be number one. I certainly hope that I can turn notifications off for people following me because that does sound quite annoying, but I'm sure that's just something that Zuckerberg will work out, right? Yeah. I'm also sure it's something you can opt out of. I, uh, I yeah, just wasn't I'm quite sure. I wasn't ready that. to figure that out at three 30 in the morning, but anyway, uh, let's hit it. Uh, give me the state of the stack. How are we doing? State of the stack, relatively boring, uh, just because promos, especially sort of the mainline promos have gone away, especially in DraftKings. So I would say how's performance been? It's been fine. Uh, we had a tough day the other day, but I think overall for the week, if I think back, it's, or at least the last few weeks, it's around even and up small, that kind of thing. Uh, on the Discord, there's a few more still like the targeted stuff going on that's done fine pretty well. The officials are kind of up or flat in the week, something like that. But Dinger Tuesday continues to be awesome. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm saying this every week. So I actually look back this morning. The limited group uh, has profited on the home run bets before the free bets, which the free bets have gone really, really well. Uh, six of the last seven weeks with the only down week being down $12. And then obviously the free bets netted that to be positive that week. 
And the unlimited group had a really solid week as well. So the limited group was up just $21. The unlimited was up 136. And that's again, before all the free bets uh, come into play. So limited group is now up $773. The unlimited group is now up $1,545. That ratio makes a lot of sense to me. I said it right when this whole thing came out that I thought limited would be at around 40% of the unlimited. So it's doing a, a little bit better than that, but you know, it was, that was a complete guess. So I think this is around the right ratio, but both of them are doing better than you'd expect. Again, I've said this on previous podcasts, you know, when you're averaging and we're still around averaging about $60 in profits per week in the limited group, that is, or above that, it's really great. It means that you are either profiting off the dingers and or converting your free bets at above 100% since it's only $50 in free bets for the whole promo for the limited group. And then the unlimited group is obviously basically doubling that. So good things all around for Dinger Tuesday. And I'll get into the, I'll get into the what is happening with all of the promos in the, the big thought. So we can sort of skip that, that dive into it. Cool. And let's, so let's just keep it moving then. Uh, what are we talking this week for the gambling landscape update? Yeah, this is a tweet from, I want to get this right, but I believe it's R. Linehan X. He's actually a pretty cool follow for these kinds of things. Uh, R. Linehan XL is the, the t- Twitter account. So he tweets, for the third week in a row, and this is June 30th, so the end of June. The third week in a row, DraftKings has outperformed FanDuel in New York online sports betting handle. DraftKings reported 124 some odd million in total handle for the week. FanDuel reported only 86 some odd million. So actually a pretty big difference. DraftKings over the last three weeks of June, 373 million. FanDuel the last three weeks, 294 million. So a decent amount higher handle for DraftKings. FanDuel had obviously been the clear number one for a while before that. I don't have any of the numbers or anything, but we've talked about that previously. On the podcast, New York is the number one state, so I do believe that, you know, in terms of sports betting handle each month, so I do believe it's probably a decent amount reflective of the overall market. Even if DraftKings isn't one, they've certainly made up a lot of ground, if, if, they're, if not taken over. I doubt they've taken over, but whatever. Here we are. So, I think this is huge. Uh, I've talked about now for a couple months that DraftKings completely stepped their game up with promos. I made them number one in the EV rankings. Uh, which was somewhat controversial several times. And that FanDuel, not that they were fully slipping, but they were slipping a little bit. They, they capped the Dinger Tuesday maxes at $50, which isn't the massive deal that people maybe made it out to be, but it's still a step back. And I think that they've had less boost than they normally do, certainly recently. So yeah, so DraftKings really stepped it up and they've been rewarded, which... Again, I'll get into this later, but makes what's going on right now with DraftKings so puzzling that they saw last year that their total handle went way down when they stopped offering promos. Now they're see- now they're getting rewarded for offering promos and their handle's way up. So I'm confused by the strategy of now letting off the hook, but we can get into that later. Uh, anyway, Nick, what do you think about this? Um, it's interesting. Does this include uh, promo handle? Does it like? Does this include the amount of bets that are coming in on promos, or is this just? I asked the Twitter account this, and I think we both kind of think that it was probably. He didn't have def- definitive, but he said that they couldn't really separate it. So yeah, probably. I don't think that that's going to be 
an overwhelming deal here. Obviously, DraftKings would probably prefer that they wouldn't overtake FanDuel from promo handle. They'd rather regular handle, like regular betting handle. But I don't think that there's a ton. I mean, there was a lot of $10 maxes. I don't think that there's. Yeah. And then Dinger Tuesday, you have, you know, plenty of $25 bets and there's still a boost there. So I, I think that this is largely, yes, that's that's going to be a part of this, that if you offer more promos, people will literally bet them and that'll increase your handle. But I don't think that's the overwhelming sentiment here. I think what really happens is that people get used to betting on your app. They are scrolling through. They are watching games, which you can now do on a few of these apps, which is super cool. And that's sort of the app that they stick with. They show some loyalty to it. I have a friend who solely bets on DraftKings because they had some cool promos like when he was signing up and he doesn't even look at FanDuel. Like that, like that's just, and he's not an EV better or anything like that. He just, it's just, he's a loyal guy. He gets VIP programs and whatever, and, and he sticks with it. And I think that people who, when you, when you show people promos, they stick to your app. Maybe not religiously like my friend does, but it's very clearly been shown that they get used to betting on the app. They, they stick with it as opposed to if you go away with promos, they are not logging into DraftKings. They are going to log in, log into wherever is giving them the promo and then look at what other bets they could find from that starting point. And I think it's been shown time and time again that it is important to give promos because it helps your market share, it helps your total handle and all that fun stuff that sportsbooks are supposed to want to happen. Yeah, it, it almost makes no sense to me that FanDuel would slow down their promos when I, I know this isn't the only piece of evidence that points us to this conclusion, but it just seems like the more promos you offer, the more handle you get. And it's not, it's a pretty one-to-one correlation that people, like you said, will just get comfortable with your platform and stay there. Even if the, these numbers include uh, handle, I would think, or the promo handle, I would think that both numbers probably have like, let's call it 10% of this number is being bet on promos. There's still a almost $80 million difference in the last three weeks, uh, DraftKings compared to FanDuel. So yeah, and, it's not, and, and a lot of people would argue that a lot of people would argue that FanDuel still should have been number one. So it's not like that the handle difference from the promos is that different. I think it's just like we've said, anytime that you up your game with promos, it it tends to pay off in terms of market share and handle. Uh, we can discuss in the sort of the big thought as to the progression of this and why that is and where it's heading. Cause obviously there's been a bit of a step back from these books, especially DraftKings in the last couple of days and last week. So we can dive into the rest of that. Why don't we get to the wheel of sports? What do you say? All right, let's give it a spin. Uh, today our options are Kyrie Irving's new deal. Goat, Joey Chestnut, greatest athlete of all time. Dame trade dilemma, where is he going to end up? And summer league takeaways. And don't forget TPG's real name. Um, All right, let's give it a spin. All right, our first topic. Is Dame going to end up on the heat? TPG, I want to know, what are the top three teams where you'd most want to see Dame end up? And where do you think it's most likely he ends up? That's a good question. One of the top three teams. Uh, so I'm okay. I'll put the heat there. Uh, to no surprise of anyone, and obviously that's where he wants to go. Second, like a part of me, and again, I, I would, 
I, I would love to see, I mean, Golden State can never do this, but I would love to see like him and Steph in the same background. I always find it in the All-Star games, it was really cool. I think it was a couple years ago, they were on the same team, and they were just jacking up threes together. And they, and just seeing teams try to guard, you know, Steph and Clay have been impossible to guard for years. But now imagine you, you put Dame, who's arguably a better shooter, but also uh, much more lethal off the the dribble, uh, I think that would be a really fun fit. Again, I don't think that that's actually going to happen. But if I'm if I'm dreaming up teams for him to play on, I think that one would be really cool just to watch an offense like honestly that looks like an all star offense where you're hugging guys out so far out and just what what him and Steph could do together in that offense. Uh, I think then third team I want to see him on. That's a tough one. Uh, why don't we go with... I do think the, the fit in Philly would be very interesting. You know, you, you swap him and Harden out. Um, and, and, and honestly, you send Maxi out, but, and maybe you, you go surround them with shooters. I just want to see what Joel Embiid can do. I've always been a bit critical of Joel Embiid. I feel like he doesn't necessarily have, whether it's the cardio, the, the body, the motor, whatever you want to say, I feel like... Guys who carry their teams to tremendous lengths that you, you think about LeBron when he's carried his teams, you think about Giannis in his championship run, even Jokic this past year, where they just made such an impact on every play. Jokic on every single play has a large impact on the game, especially offensively. And and B can really, so far in his career, can really hide. I think he gets tired. I think that he struggles to sort of seven-game series, multiple playoff rounds, sort of survive the grind of of doing that, especially after how hard he goes in the regular season. But part of that issue is he's had imperfect fits around him, whether it's Harden, who often struggles as you get deeper into the playoffs or in bigger games, although he actually did really well in a couple of big games in the Boston series this year. And he had Ben Simmons, who has a world of his own problems. So there are excuses there. I would love to see what, him and Dane, neither of whom has accomplished anything in the playoffs, what they can do together just being as talented as they are in kind of a nice guard, big fit. As far as where I think he's going to go, I think it's kind of an easy answer. It's going to be Miami. And a lot of the national media, and many of them are like Boston fans, <laughs> uh, seem to be under this impression that Miami, the Miami offer is really bad. And that if he gets traded to Miami, it's because solely because that's where he wants to go, that's where he insists on going, and that Portland would be doing him a favor. But I don't think they're going to get a better offer than what Miami's going to offer. So Miami can offer for sure. I think there's some question around the third first-round pick, but two first-rounders in 27 and 29, unprotected. A few swaps. I think it's like three swaps, something like that. Who cares? And then Jamie Jaquez, who they just drafted this year in the 18th pick. Last year's first-round pick in Nikola Jovic. So that's, to me, that's essentially four firsts right there, right? If you take a first from this year, a first from last year, who's 20 years old and seems to be progressing well, like if they redrafted, it would still be a first round. Yeah, I think it's totally fair to keep counting them as first round picks. Okay, so so that's, that's the equivalent of four first round picks, a few swaps. And then they have Tyler Hero, who's 23 years old, was sixth man of the year last year, has been the clear third, but like, in a, in a clear three, right, of a very of a Miami Heat team in the last four years that have the most playoff wins in the NBA. And yeah, he wasn't healthy for all of those playoff wins, uh, particularly this year, but 
he's been a very big piece in Miami. I mean, he had 37 in a conference finals game against Boston three years ago. Like, he's been a big piece, and he's 23 years old. He's very efficient. His numbers are great. He scores 20-something a game, like 20 a game. He's efficient. Like, the whole thing. Like, he is a very productive player. There is no way they can't get, Miami can't get at least one first-round pick for him from someone. So Miami can dredge up at a minimum. And there's there's some weird thing with Oklahoma City where they can maybe get another first. There's no way they can't dredge up at least five first-round picks, if not more, to send Portland's way. And who is giving up more than that? Because for a older, smaller guard, and Dane's incredible, but it has to be a contender that wants him. And what contender is offering more than that? It's not going to be Philly. It's not going to be, especially because Dame doesn't want to go to any of these places. It's not going to be Boston unless they want to give up Jalen Brown, and that's something that Portland would want. And then all these other talks of like Utah and San Antonio, like why would San Antonio leverage or Utah leverage their entire future for a guy who's not on their winning timeline? Like Dame is not going to be a useful player. He's going to get getting paid $60 million in four years. Why would any team besides for Miami do this? for that level of compensation, which is honestly a, a very nice haul for Portland. Yeah, the only one that makes sense to me at all is Boston. I think he does elevate them a little bit. He does solve their turnover problem and their late games problem. I honestly, I like the flexibility of having both Jalen and Jason able to guard any set of wings, guards, point guards. Like I, I love the defensive flexibility they offer. I think people get bogged down on them underperforming this past year. They've been in the finals two years ago, the conference finals like five of the last seven years. I'm not too worried uh, about their future. I think Porzingis is a nice ad. And they're the same age. Yeah. Or roughly the same age. I think it makes sense to continue to stay the course there. Um, Yeah, I, I don't see another fit that works as well as Miami. I would say New York, but I don't really, New York has done the aging point guard thing so many times in my life. I don't need another one good season and then he falls off. We we went and got Baron Davis when he was 36 and Steve Francis. But him and Brunson don't even fit together. Yeah, I mean, well, they're both great players. I'm sure they could figure out how to fit together, but yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I'd rather. But are you, are you giving up RJ Barrett plus picks plus like any everything you ha- you own for a guy who has said he wants to go to Miami and then your team basically becomes Brunson and Dame for the foreseeable future like the, I don't, that's not a championship team yeah no I I mean it's not far off of championship I think New York's plan is always to to add a free agent yeah or see what you can move Randall for or, or get a guy that wants to go there yeah yeah that's fair but yeah, I, I think I think this deal will get done with Miami. I'd be surprised if it even took that long, just because Portland's going to figure out really quickly that there isn't some Utah waiting in the wings to give them eight firsts, right? Uh, I think that. Yeah, I did think it was pretty interesting that that story came out the other day that Miami, uh, or rather that players around the league are watching Portland to see what they do here and will not want to go to Portland if they don't handle this situation correctly. That's just Dame's agent leaking that and having a reporter put that out there. That's absurd. No, no players not, no player particularly wants to go to Portland ever. If they have the money to offer to a guy that's not getting nearly the same money elsewhere, guys are going to go there no matter how they handle Dame. They've been 
Dame and him have showed loyalty to each other. The best thing you can do to attract free agents is be in a winning situation. So the most they get out of Dame or the most they get back for Dame leads to players wanting to play there because they want to play with other good players. I don't think that any soon-to-be free agents are like Portland is top of mind and I'm going to watch closely how this plays out to make sure he gets treated right. Like I think that's obviously nonsense. What I do think though is that if there are two similar deals with Dame's reputation for how long he's been in Portland and all of that, knowing, everyone knows what the Miami offer is. And as much as Bill Simmons and whatever all these guys will, will try and downplay, like it's at least five first round picks. So there would have to be a godfather offer out there from a team that wants Dame that bad. And if you want Dame that bad, that means you are on a timeline that is win now. And I don't know of any of the contenders unless you include Jalen Brown and that's something that Portland really, really wants. Any of the contenders that are willing to do it for a guy that doesn't want to go there other than Miami, who has assets, who has a guy in Tyler Hero who didn't even play on, in the playoff run last year, who is up on the perfect timeline. Bam, Jimmy is basically the same age. Bam's entering his prime. Like Utah is not going to give up eight first-round pick equivalent to go get Dame. So I don't know if the, for a guy who doesn't want to be there, for a guy who's not on their timeline, this doesn't make sense to unload your franchise for that. And I think that if there's a team that can dredge up five first round picks or even six first round picks, it would be a bad look for Portland to send them there because it's a marginally better deal than the Miami deal. People will say, dude, just send them to, for that, just send them to Miami. So, Maybe, maybe Portland's waiting around for a godfather deal to come. I think this whole thing is just Miami figuring out how to get uh, for a third team or a fourth team to get involved. And I think that's really the hold up here. I, I would be surprised if this went on too much longer, even though some reports are saying it'll take weeks. Yeah, I think it's definitely them just trying to find the right third team so that they can get, let's say they don't want Hero, see if they could just get, not take Hero on and then move him on their own just in one fell swoop, have Hero land somewhere right. else and get an extra two firsts out of him. Yeah, Miami also could be could be holding out like, oh, we don't want to give up Jovic and, you know, Jacques. Like they might be, like there might be some, some sort of posturing, negotiating there, but I think this ultimately gets done in, in a five first round pick equivalent way. That's no one's going to say, Oh, Portland got screwed. I don't think Caleb Martin will be involved. Yeah. Well, cause Caleb Martin doesn't make sense in this trade at all. He's got one year left uh, on a deal that's friendly. And then, and then his deals up because he's a player option. He's not going to take $7 million. So then he'll just leave Portland in a year. Anyway, I don't know why they would want him. Miami kind of needs him as a perfect fourth player. Uh, around those three. Oh yeah, no, my, Miami definitely, Miami definitely needs him. I just it, like we said, if a third team gets involved and wants to get all of the assets, I wouldn't be surprised if they are demanding Caleb Martin be included, and he's probably worth a first round pick at this point. So Miami would probably get another first round. Not pick. to Portland, but maybe to to someone else. If, but I don't think exactly. Miami will need to get him involved, and I think that he means a lot more to Miami than he means anywhere else. But. Uh, let's go on to the next, because uh, if Hank were not on an airplane, he'd probably be texting us to move on. Uh, let's go to the next uh, spin. All right, give it a spin. All right, excited to hear your answer on this one. Hank threw this in, and we haven't really discussed, so I don't know what you feel. Is Joey Chestnut the greatest <laughs> athlete of all time? 
Yeah. Uh, well, if you count eating hot dogs as a sport. Yeah. And you say, who is the best in their sport? Is it Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, Joey Chestnut? Joey Chestnut by a mile. He, has he ever lost? Has he won like the last 16? Doesn't he have all of the top 10? I know he lost one. There was the year that the Japanese guy took him down. Kobe, Kobayashi. Kobayashi. Right? Uh, I, I thought that Chestnut had, had beaten him. Uh, each time, but I, I knew that Koyashi was favorite at the beginning, but whatever it is, he has all the top scores, I believe, or I don't know what you would refer to, most records for hot dogs eaten. Uh, and nobody even comes close to him each time. Like maybe, I think it's more dominant than Michael Phelps or Serena Williams. Like He was minus 4,000 to to win the his competition. I don't see Djokovic or Serena or like nobody, if, if there was a one-on-one tournament, even back, uh, if you think of the most dominant time, especially for a one-on-one player, it'd be like MJ in the 80s, right? Or the 90s. He wouldn't be minus 4,000 to win to win a one-on-one tournament. So, yeah, he's the most dominant. I, I don't know if you count eating hot dogs as a sport or an athlete. I mean, he can't run faster than any. Like, if you compare him as an athlete to LeBron, it's pretty funny. He's probably a foot shorter. He's not in nearly the shape he can't jump as high, he can't run as fast. I mean, he can't do anything other than probably eat more, definitely eat more. So yeah, it's just, if you count, if you count eating hot dogs as a sport, then yes, he's the greatest athlete of all time. And if you count athleticism as being the best in your sport, then yes. Okay. So you're just boiling. It's it's tough for me to argue the other way. Cause I mean, you're, your argument's based on a big if, it, even if, well, do you, do you think that eating hot dogs is a sport? No, but let's say it is. Even if it's an athlete, even if it's considered a sport, I still don't think that makes him the best athlete. I think there's a difference between being. I think it's kind of the LeBron Michael debate. Michael has the best career of anyone. The double back to backs. I mean, other than Bill Russell, Bill Russell has the best career and had the best had the best outcomes of anyone else who has played basketball. I I don't know how many years he played for. He has the most championships, yes, even though there are 18. Yes, out of 17 seasons, 11 of them, he was the single best at the end of the season or and won the championship. His team was, yes. Yeah. I don't think that makes him the greatest player to ever pick up a basketball. He had the best career. So if you want to say Joey Chestnut has had the best career, sure, but it doesn't make him the best athlete. He's not the best. Like, to be the best athlete of all time – you would, well, he's the best person to ever eat a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. He's like Michael Jordan and Bill Russell combined. Of hot dogs, yeah, sure, I'll take that. Of hot dogs, yes. Which it's just, yeah, he's obviously not like he's he's not even like a. I mean, I don't know, but he's probably not a very good athlete. Le- LeBron could play. LeBron could have played in the NFL, right? Yeah, I mean, yes, with ease. Whatever. It's yeah. It's not like Joey Chestnut probably couldn't do anything athletic besides for eating hot dogs, if that counts as a sport, because usually that's actually correlated to not being athletic, if an ability to eat hot dogs. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think, yeah, <laughs> okay, this is fun. I, I this think let's fun. take this out to break and uh, we'll be right back with the big thought. Okay. I've got a new promo code for Mojo, the stock market for sports. The code is TPG match. So TPG M A T C H gets you a 20% deposit match up to $200. 
Uh, I highly recommend doing this and playing their Sunday Slams promotion, which is only available in New Jersey and has been incredibly profitable for people tailing ROI guy in the Discord. So again, TPG match, 20% deposit match up to $200. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Draft a fantasy team against your friends for tonight's or tomorrow's games to win cash prizes. Or try out their Pick'em game where you can predict player stat projections for a chance to win big. Underdog's slick mobile app is easy to use and it's even easier to just start playing. Go to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store. Sign up with the promo code PGP, the Promo Guy Podcast, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code PGP. Welcome back in, uh, TPG. Uh, let's move right along to the big thought today. You wanted to talk a little bit about promos getting slashed. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, so I guess the background on this is that last year, around right around this time, probably even a little bit earlier, once NBA season ended, DraftKings and Caesars completely went away promo wise, and FanDuel stuck around. They really stuck around. They had Dinger Tuesday. They had boosts every day. And FanDuel dominated the market share, dominated the EV rankings. It was really good for FanDuel. This year, once basketball ended, well, before basketball ended, DraftKings was peppering people with promos, and that really did not stop until basically July 1st. And DraftKings really stepped it up, and I I talked every week about how happy I was that they basically hadn't done yet what they were doing last year. And yeah, there were $10 maxes. And even $5 maxes for a minute. But some of them were $20 maxes. The, there was so many boosts. There was a ton of EV on them. I talked about talked about each week that there was a lot of value to be had. And I believe if I look at our PL, let me just pull up my spreadsheet. April 23, DraftKings made $687. May 2023, we made $615 from DraftKings. So DraftKings was feeding us with EV. And profits, and it was great. That that's the Twitter account, obviously. And they're doing the step ups, and everything was really great. And then Caesars, even to their credit, has had been doing fifty dollar maxes, high EV or decent EV promos. And Caesars had stepped up as well. I I felt like they had learned their lesson from last year and were stepping up. And then we talked about earlier, just in this episode, that DraftKings at least has been very much rewarded for it. FanDuel, on the other hand, uh, took a half step back, I'll say. They've done some less promos, some of the boosts have been a bit lower EV, although they've had a few really good EV ones. They had the Otani one, which lost, but that doesn't matter. It was a really high EV bet. And then they had the, I'm totally blanking, but they had like a 30% EV boost that, that did hit. The, oh, it was the golf boost. So they've had a few high EV ones, but it's been less. It's been a half step back. DraftKings capitalized on it. They've done tremendously well. And as of this week, DraftKings basically said, never mind. They have cut everything to five. And everything is now targeted, state-specific, or just not there at all. And I just think that this is completely opposite. I don't know if they blew through their budget, if this was always the plan. 
And obviously there's some gearing up for football from all the books and they do this every year. So that's, that's, I get it, but man, it's really just a month and a half. You couldn't keep up $10 maxes, even $5 maxes, but having all these front lows just to keep people on your book. It feels like a misstep on DraftKings part. Caesars to their credit is still kind of doing what they've been doing. They just had the, the 17% boost and they've had a few here and there. I mean, they're, they're, they're the clear third. And we'll see. We'll see how FanDuel treats the next month and a half. But in this sort of race to market share, which has gone a bit back and forth, you have Fanatics entering the market. Bet365 is hitting more states. And there's we're still in this sort of, and we got three states legalizing very soon. There's still this race for market share that I don't know if it'll ever go away. And the number one correlated thing we keep talking about is having promotions. And the books realize that that's why DraftKings made the push that they did. That's why they do the up 10 promo. Like they know this. So I'm not sure if they're punting the next month and a half until we get into sort of that pre-football stage. Maybe they're planning something awesome like the up 10 promo again when football starts. All I know is that FanDuel, even with a half step back, is still, at least from where I sit, looking like they will be the book that we are spending the most time on because they still have Dinger Tuesday. You know, if you're still making $60 a week on that promo, that is, and maybe most people are making more like $30 just because of the nature of the promo, but we're still making $60 a week on that promo. And they still have some boosts that are very good. Like that will be sort of our source of traditional promo, widely available EV betting, promo betting. And I think that this, they ultimately end up the winner here, almost unfortunately, because they took a half step back. It hurt them. But now they have a real chance to recapture that market share that they captured last year, in my opinion, solely based off DraftKings almost being, I don't know what the right word is, but so hot and cold, right? They, it was overwhelming how many promos were on DraftKings just a couple of weeks ago. And now it's almost nothing. I personally... Do we think that's because it's the summer and this is kind of a more barren gambling time where there's not a lot? For sure it is. For sure it is. Pe- people, yeah, people signaling the end of EV betting every time there's like a day without a promo. Uh, it's silly because first off, just a couple weeks ago, DraftKings was giving more promos than they've ever given. And just at the end of football season... FanDuel was doing more EV boosts than they've ever done. I mean, literally, there was, it was one of the last weeks of football, weeks 16, 17, 18, something like that. They had seven 10% plus EV boosts in one NFL Sunday. Like, that is crazy. So to think that this is just all getting turned off overnight is silly. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be exactly like last year, where DraftKings is gone or mostly gone. Caesars, is a half step up from where they were last year. And Vandal's a half step down from where they were last year. And that, luckily, it's not happening in early June. It's happening in early July. But I'm, I'm a little surprised that I thought we had sort of a, we learned our lesson from last year. And DraftKings has been so great for months now that I'm surprised that they're just going to turn this whole thing off and punt until football. And maybe they won't, but... We will see. Uh, I think my big thought here is, and it's connected to the early things that we've seen at work. We talked about how it's correlated. They seem to have learned their lesson, and now they're just shutting this thing off. And it's surprising to me. It's disappointing. But, you know, they're going to have to live with the repercussions of that. And 
maybe it's just a thing where July and August, or July and most of August, because, you know, college football comes and they like to do stuff, you know, soccer comes back in August 12th. Like, they'll, they'll do some things around that. So, really, for the next month, month and a half, things may just be quieter uh, on the on the DraftKings front. So, do you think that's because DraftKings and FanDuel both have such a high, sh- like, market share that they know that they're the only two people they're really competing with? Um, like, you, you mentioned... Uh, you mentioned fanatics entering the space. Do you think they propose a legit threat being that they're a company with a lot of cash flow? If they just wanted to start burning cash, offering promos, uh, doing a lot of sign up bonuses, are they someone that could shoot up the EV rankings if they start offering a bunch of promos? And is that their way to really cement themselves as a competitor to the big two? Yeah, I don't want to speak for fanatics too much because I'm not very aware. Of exactly what they're doing. I haven't started posting their plays anywhere or anything like that. Michael Rubin seemed to have a really cool party in, I think it was the Hamptons this past weekend. I did see that. But otherwise, I don't want to speak too much on Fanatics. I just think that, I think that FanDuel has looked at this, I don't know, I want to say a year, but this post-basketball season especially, so this baseball season, this summer, as we've gained, you know, we hit 50% market share at some point we want to to lessen our promos a little bit. So we'll, we'll put a $50 max on the Dinger Tuesday and we'll have some really great boosts from time to time, like the Otani one, as a way of just sort of marketing and get people on and reminding them who we are. But maybe we won't have a ton of these 8% daily EV boosts. It'll be like every other day instead kind of a deal. So I think that FanDuel has looked at this summer as maybe we can start cutting a few corners. And that a, a lot of that is I imagine that they were anticipating that Caesars and DraftKings would do what they did last year during baseball and go away. And that's where I think you see, you know, that, that our Linehan tweet of DraftKings coming up, they went harder than ever these last few months and it was working for them. And I think that DraftKings now, that's where, that's where I'm really surprised. I don't have a full story of, okay, we did it. We've captured this market share back. We've, Done great, really since the start of football when, when they introduced the up 10 promo last year. And now we're just going to stop it. And this isn't them cutting corners. This is them stopping and basically accepting that they're going to have to try and re-earn people's business when football starts, which is great if you want to put the up 10 promo again with crazy high maxes. But I never thought that that fully made sense for them. You know, you could, you could get a lot of the, the same value from 50 and $100 maxes, but people were getting $500 maxes or even higher. So, but anyway, I'm never going to argue against somebody doing that. So anyway, my whole point is they might go away for the next month. I think FanDuel, to answer your question, has tried and cut corners. Maybe that's what DraftKings is doing. They just think that, oh, we got, you know, we've gotten more action. It's great. Gotten some market share back. Now we're going to go away. That seems like an odd move to me, but maybe that is what they're doing as well. Yeah. Agreed. I think I'm ready to get to Grinds My Gears. I'm pretty excited to hear you talk about this one. Yeah, so... You know what really grinds my gears? For a while now, <laughs> but it seems to have increased as of late. I've been getting tagged probably like three days a week now in OnlyFans porno-type accounts. And my only explanation has always been that people must think that my name is the porno guy. 
one, two, three, and admittedly, it does look similar. Wait, you're not the pro- porno guy? But I'm getting kind of sick of it. I thought this whole time, I thought this whole time you were the it's porno my other guy. account. That's not associated okay. with the promo guy account. Yeah, but I'm fine when, when that <laughs> account gets tagged. No, I, I just keep getting tagged in all these porno videos, and it's like, and especially on Twitter, they're legit. It's like, like, someone like blowing someone and then tagging me. <laughs> it's, you know, I don't have the exact specific, but like, you know, I just, I don't need that on my phone. I don't need that on my account. I don't know if other people can see that I'm getting tagged in these things. And they think that like, I'm somehow associated with that. Uh, my wife looks over my phone and there's like only fans girls like tagging me in their post. And it's not like a bunch of accounts or it's not like there's 50 accounts getting tagged and some of them are betting and some of them, whatever it's, it's a bunch of porn accounts or only fans type accounts. And then me, there's, there's no, <laughs> there's no like other promo something. No, it's just a bunch of like only fans things and, and porn type accounts or sites and the promo guy, one, two, three, just like sandwiched in, in between them. And it's really starting to grind my gears especially when my wife looks over my shoulder and it looks weird and I get nervous. Like, Oh, I, I clicked on the thing. Cause I got tagged in it. I, I really got to make sure I don't like it because then everyone's going to see promo guy likes some weird porn stuff. And it's just not anything I needed need associated with my life or my account or anything like that. So yeah, that's what grinds my gear this week. Please stop tagging me in your porn. I'm sorry you have to deal with that, but I, I, I can't promise that I won't be tagging you in a lot more okay. porn accounts from now on. Um, you know what? Maybe I should have I should have opened up the the bag of worms here. Now everyone's now everyone's gonna be tagging me in their in their under OnlyFans accounts or porn site things. Yeah, I think you may be this this gear may be still being ground. Uh, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but yeah, I think you're going to be grinding this gear for a <laughs> while now. So well done. Anyway, um, that's it for our show today. Thank you to our sponsors, uh, Mojo and Underdog Fantasy. Stay tuned to my Twitter, possibly my Threads account, my Discord. Really follow us on all platforms because the Promo Guy podcast will be back next week for episode 12. We're really getting up there, Nick. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to 12. See you guys on threads in the meantime.